presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Monday, and this week, the final stretch for SCOTUS. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The White House and Senate Democrats expect President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, to be confirmed by the end of this week. The final two Republicans still in play, Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski, could announce as soon as today how they plan to vote. Elevating a new Supreme Court justice is a big moment for any president. But given the historic nature of Jackson's nomination, it's an even bigger deal for Biden. Jackson is still making the rounds with senators she hasn't yet met one-on-one. In the meantime, the Judiciary Committee will take up the nomination this morning with a full panel vote expected by the day's end. Here's how it'll work at 10 a.m. Chair Dick Durbin and Ranking Member Chuck Grassley will give opening statements. Then senators will talk for many hours about Jackson's nomination. Eight say they're anticipating a full day since there are few rules to limit debate in committee. Democrats and Jackson allies have been preparing for Republicans to bring up the largely refuted attack on Jackson's record on child pornography cases. As one committee aide put it last night, quote, I would anticipate that being a very central topic of debate. Aides expect a tied vote in committee, which would force Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to file a motion to bring the nomination to the Senate floor with four hours of debate. That discharge vote by the full Senate is expected late today, and it could reveal how the final vote will go. If Romney and Murkowski haven't announced their positions by then, their vote could provide a strong clue. Senate aides are expecting Schumer to file cloture on Tuesday triggering up to 30 hours of debate on the nomination. We're told final confirmation could come as early as Tuesday. Here's a question for you. How will it all play in the midterms? Saddled by Biden's low poll numbers and a stalled social change agenda, Democratic strategists are eager to point to Jackson's confirmation as a bona fide achievement heading into the election. But here's one big reason for skepticism. The Supreme Court hasn't been a big motivator for Democratic voters in recent election cycles, but Democratic officials are hopeful a number of things will change that. 1. Donald Trump's success clinching a 6-3 conservative majority. 2. The ensuing threat to abortion rights. And 3. After this week, base enthusiasm about the first Black woman joining the court. Congressional Democrats are eyeing a big final attempt to strike a party-line reconciliation bill with Senator Joe Manchin that could come together this spring. This time, their plan is basically just to go along with whatever Manchin wants. Politico's Burgess Everett has the latest on Plan C. D? We lost track. A few tidbits. You might be wondering, when is the new deadline? It's a good question. Manchin recently said July 4th and before August recess, but other Democrats want to move faster. Senator Tim Kaine told Burgess, quote, you either do it before Memorial Day or you're not going to do it. It's worth noting that Senator Kaine is close to Manchin. Here's the problem, though, is Manchin still meh, quote, but in typical Manchin form, the conservative Democrat is staying coy about how serious prospects are for an agreement. And some Democrats are skeptical they can actually muscle their agenda through. The New York Times reported over the weekend that President Joe Biden thinks former President Donald Trump should be prosecuted for his role in the January 6th riot. But when Politico's Nicholas Wu and Kyle Cheney talked to some members of the January 6th committee last week, lawmakers were cool to the idea of making a criminal referral of Trump to the DOJ. Just look at this quote from Representative Zill Lofgren, a close speaker Nancy Pelosi confidant, quote, A referral doesn't mean anything. It has no legal weight whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure the Department of Justice has read last week's opinion, so they don't need us to tell them that it exists. Lofgren was referring to a recent court ruling that Trump, quote, more likely than not, 
committed felonies. And if she's saying this, you can probably expect Pelosi's office to be in this camp as well. Technically, she's right. A referral, as Nicholas and Kyle note, has no actual legal heft. It's more of a political statement, but that's exactly what other Democrats want. Any way to publicly light a fire under Attorney General Merrick Garland to get him to prosecute Trump. As such, the January 6th panel will come under pressure from their base to do something. Here's another reason some Democrats may not want to go there. Politics. Referring a former president for prosecution would be an unprecedented and extremely explosive step that will ignite the GOP. Perhaps it's better to let Garland move this way on his own, they would argue, than to optically taint any future investigation. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 9.25 a.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden will depart Newcastle, Delaware to return to D.C., where he's scheduled to arrive at 10.20. At 11.30, Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 1.45, Biden will deliver remarks on the supply chain with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. Vice President Kamala Harris will deliver remarks announcing the administration's plans to upgrade public schools with clean and energy efficient facilities and transportation at Thomas Elementary School in D.C. at 520. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 245. The Senate will meet at 3 p.m. The Judiciary Committee will vote on Ketanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination at 10 a.m. with an expected vote on the floor to discharge her nomination from committee sometime after 530. The House will meet at noon. The Rules Committee will meet at 3 p.m. to take up the resolution recommending that the House find Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino in contempt of Congress for not complying with the January 6th committee subpoenas. One thing to flag for tomorrow, former President Barack Obama will join President Joe Biden at a White House event celebrating the Affordable Care Act. It's the first time Obama's going back to 1600 Penn since leaving office. Hat tip to NBC's Mike Mamoli for the scoop. It's their first joint activity in D.C. since Biden's inauguration. Vice President Kamala Harris, HHS Secretary Javier Becerra, and other cabinet members will be there too. All right, for more news on what's happening in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Manavalan. Have a good week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. The federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour since 2009. In the same time, food and beverage costs have increased 18%. Transportation costs up 16%, housing costs up 23%, and medical costs up 32%. In 2018, Amazon introduced a starting wage of at least $15 an hour for all U.S. employees. A new, independent study found that Amazon's wage increase produced a 2.6% increase in the average hourly wage among other employers in the same market. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15.